Hello and welcome to Forefront 360, where we take you all around the intersection of the arts and the Christian faith. I'm Nate Mancini. I'm one of the founders of Forefront. Joining me today is Forefront Chairman Rich Chrisman. Hi, everyone. And we have a very special guest today, Heather Morgino. Yeah, good job. Am I saying that right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I should have practiced beforehand. <laughs> that was good. Um, how are you today, Heather? Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. I'm excited for this episode. Yeah. I want to tell everybody before we get rolling here, there's going to be some breaking news at the end of the episode. So be, be sure to listen all the way through and you'll get some breaking news about Forefront. So Heather, who's joining us, is an upstate New York nature photographer who enjoys the challenge of finding beauty in her local flora and fauna. For Heather, photography is an exploration of her quote-unquote ordinary world. She is fascinated by subjects that incite curiosity or cause a deep sense of wonder at God's creation. She's a moderator for the Creator's Journal on Instagram and has been featured in Bella Grace magazine. So uh, Heather goes to our church, Grace Road, and uh, we absolutely love her nature photography. And so we were excited to, to have her on the show to talk about all of that. Yeah, you may uh, recognize the name from a uh, previous Forefront festival event where Heather's photography was featured oh, yeah. uh, in yeah. 2019 at Grace True. Road Church. Yeah, yes, fun. absolutely. Good to have you back. Um, so without further ado, as, as, we, as we often do these days, we're actually going to jump right into a lightning round. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. So I'm going to hand it over to Rich to get us started. It wouldn't be an interview without one. <laughs> so uh, Heather, I'm just going to ask you some questions here. And then you are going to answer them with the first thought that comes to your head. Okay. Uh, not, not too much thought in here. Okay. So uh, what's your favorite color? Oh, this one's hard. I'm sorry. <laughs> simple. <laughs> too long. Seems yeah. so simple. Let's say green because black and white aren't technically colors. Okay. 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 Nature. I, green. Yeah, 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 nature. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I take offense to that as a, a lover of black, but we'll talk about that later. Well, black um, is the absence it's of the color. Absence, yes, yes, yes. Technically. Or, or, or are you talking with paint and it's all the color? Anyway. Black uh, is the later black. Um, <laughs> in a perfect world for you, do people dress up more or dress down more? Oh, dress down. Okay. Definitely. Cool. Cozy all the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> coffee, tea, or something else? Coffee, coffee, coffee. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Um, the artist response. Ice, iced, hot, or uh, in some sort of fancy Italian form? Hot. French roast. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yep. I like that. If you're going to cook something at home for dinner, you're by yourself. What are you going to cook? <laughs> whatever's easiest okay. these days nice. <laughs> I, used to, I used to do more but yeah cereal i don't know <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice. my, my answer to this question is always pancakes oh I there you love go pancakes. nice there you go. um cool. it's never it's never too late in the day for pancakes no 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 they're always Nor too early yeah and if you get creative you can really like you can put i've, I've made pancakes with pieces of ham in them oh okay. delicious yeah mm. um bold if you were given the opportunity to travel anywhere in the world for a weekend trip for free, what would it be? Oh, this is or another tough one because I want to go everywhere. <laughs> and especially if it's just a weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, I feel like that, that is different. Um, like if it's a month, that's different than a weekend. That's true because I would think like, oh, Iceland, but mm-hmm. eh, not for a weekend. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. That's hard. You know what? I'm going to say Arizona because mm. I haven't been there. I used to live there as a kid. 
So okay. I don't want to go back because it's hard to get there. Yeah. So if I could go there for free. Yeah. 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 Where in Arizona did you live? Well, my favorite place, we lived a bunch of places. My mom was going to school. And, um, but my favorite place was Wickenburg. It's okay. like this little town. I, that's me. Yeah. I'm a little town girl uh, in, <laughs> or country girl, whatever. Um, and we lived on a ranch. Cool. Yeah, that, it was that, really oh, cool. Wow. Northern, like uh, no. Flagstaffy or Southern? No. Yeah, it was more Southern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saguaros. Yes. Cool. I love Arizona. Too. Yeah, it's um, beautiful. Very cool. What is the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? Oh, my daughter when she was first born. I mean, mm. you know, <laughs> it's beautiful. true. I just looked at her and like oh, hyperventilating. I love Michael. that. Yeah. What's her name? Alicia. Alicia. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful name. Alicia, yeah. if you're listening, your mom gave you. <laughs> you better right be answer. listening. <laughs> That's beautiful. Any, any connection? I hope this is not a weird question. Any connection to like the... Uh, the Greek yes. Elysium. Okay, yeah. cool. Very yeah, cool. I, oh, beautiful. Yeah. There's a long story behind the name, but her name is Alicia Dawn. And mm. I felt, I feel like it was almost prophetic because mm. um, I became a Christian shortly after she was born. Oh, wow. So she was the dawn of a happy soul. Interesting. Cool. <laughs> beautiful. So. Yeah. Uh, which musician or singer songwriter do you listen to most often? Um, Sarah Groves, probably. Yes. Yeah, she's I I love her. She's like my lifetime artist. Yeah, you know she's great. There's some newer ones like Joy Ike. I heard her. Yes. Um, and um, Sarah Jaros. I really like okay. her a lot. Yeah. Nice. If you could put one piece of visual art or photography in your home, regardless of its current location, price, or availability, what would it be? Oh man. <laughs> oh, that one's hard too. <clears throat> yeah, it could be a painting or a photograph. I think I would actually, I don't know. My brain keeps going to Brooke Shaden. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's a, she's a photographer mm. and she does like really weird conceptual art, mm. <laughs> but her stuff's, I mean, it's not, it's not something I would buy typically because sure. it's very much out of my price range, but oh, um, her yeah. stuff is just very beautiful. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Like her What's her name? Brooke Shaden. Brooke Shaden. Yeah. Okay, Brooke, if you're listening, <laughs> send something to Heather Morgino. <laughs> yes, please, please. <laughs> okay. Who are one or two of your favorite authors who are writing today? Oh, who are writing today? Yes. Mm. Oh, that mm. is a tough tricky, one. Tricky question. Tough one. Yeah. Well, right. I've been reading, uh, there's one author, Amy Harmon. I really like her. Um, and then... Like right now I'm reading, oh, this is tough too, because Helena Sorensen, I found her through Hutch Moot. I really like her Mm. stuff. And then, but Charlie Holmberg, I think it is. Um, I'm reading a book of hers right now and I've read a lot of her books. I really like, they're kind of fantasy, you know? Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have any photographers who have inspired your work, whether that's someone from history or someone who is working today? Mm. Well, Brooke Shaden, like I said, um, her stuff is way like vastly different from mine. Um, but I think we sh- can take inspiration from all different genres. Um, yeah. So Caroline Jensen, she's kind of been like a mentor type. She does, we do very, she was like, when I saw her work, I was like, that's my, my kindred spirit for photography. Oh, beautiful. Um, and I've taken a lot of workshops through her and stuff. She's a Sony, she's a Sony rep. Um, 
And I'm trying to think. I mean. And, and does she do nature photography? Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she does. And we have similar, like, philosophies about all of it, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I've, I've, I don't know, I've, I've, like, consumed a lot of photography since I started doing it. So I feel like all of them have <laughs> been a part yes. of it. Um, and I like all types of art and especially photography. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm looking at Brooke Shaden's stuff. So interesting. Crazy, isn't so, it? Yeah. Yeah, it's Very beautiful. Cool. Very, um, like, Dali-esque, like, photography. Yeah. yeah. Super sweet. All right, so jumping into the main interview here. So we were just talking about uh, the nature of photography that you do. You do a lot of um, beautiful uh, wildlife photography and, and other aspects of nature. So tell us about your process for that. I mean, how do you go about selecting what you're going to photograph? Um, do, you, do you set out to look for a particular thing or do you go on a walk and just see what you see while you're out there? Uh, how do you do that? Some of both, but most of the time it's that just wandering and like exploring you know I always call it sort of it's sort of like a scavenger hunt for me (laughs) where but I mean maybe not because I'm not always looking for something particular sometimes I am um birds I usually am looking for a particular bird yeah or yeah usually I know what I'm looking for but sometimes it's like whatever's out there because sometimes (laughs) that's all you get (laughs) um so but with with the more like plants, um, flowers, things like that. Sometimes with flowers, I know what I'm looking for too, but most of the time it's just going along. That's my favorite. That's like yeah. my most joyful shooting, I feel like. Um, it's organic. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just walking along and seeing what's beautiful, what what stands out. And, yeah. yeah. So when you're photographing a bird i mean you mentioned like you you might know what type of bird you're looking for you have a sense that like okay this type of bird tends to be around this area you've seen them before and you go out and say i'm gonna go try to find one is that is that kind of what you would do yeah that's some of what i do so some of them especially now that i've been doing it for a while i just know where they are like um i'm planning to go to an area it's called the east bit it's on breddick bay and i want to look for swans mm. on the nest you know right now because yes. i'm doing a lot of swans and um yeah. but other times i'm like on bird lists because i'm kind i mean i don't want to say i'm a birder because i'm not there i don't like to make the lists and all that i just like to look at the birds sure. <laughs> but um <laughs> it's like saying well i'm not an artist but <laughs> yeah, like i keep one list it's like you know i just write down that i saw it but that's it um yeah but there's people out there like serious um so but anyways i so i'll be on the list and whatnot so i'll see oh the warblers have started coming in i gotta start mm. you know looking for yes. them or they'll say on the list exactly where they've seen them um or if there's rare birds that come through owls those types of things yeah wow okay mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. cool Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's it's great to kind of have that community to to tip you off. Yeah. Um. So when it comes to something like a like a bird, I mean, sometimes you know, I've I've seen birds out on my walks, and I'll try to just like take pictures with my phone, and <laughs> even that's tricky, like because they'll be moving around so quickly. Yeah. So how do you go about that? Like, are are you kind of parked on a particular bird, and you're using a zoom lens, and you're just like waiting to see what it does, or what does that look like when you have yeah. yeah, a subject that's moving around. It's hard. 
They're, they're, mm. Any subject that's moving is the hardest type of photography, and a lot yeah. of people will say birds are the hardest. So I think that's one of the reasons I like it is kind of the challenge. Um, <clears throat> also, I'm obsessed with, I just think their details are incredible. But, mm. well, that's what kind of started it, is I was seeing birds in my yard and you're trying to get pictures of them for ID or whatever to find out what they are. Cause I'm like, what sure. is that? You know? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And you can't take them with a phone or yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're like blobs, no blurry blobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I had to get, keep graduating equipment until I got to a camera that would actually take. Sure. And then you yes. want more detail and you want to be prettier. Yeah. So you have to have, um, to some degree, you have to have the right equipment for bird photography, for sure. You've got yes. to have ones that will, like, you can shoot multiple, because you, you, you can take 20 <laughs> of them, or you can take 100 of them and maybe have one in focus. Right. So, yeah. so what do you, yeah. what is, what's your, your gear? What do you shoot? Well, right now I have a 100 to 400 because I have yes. chronic pain issues, so I can't do the super long plus the mm-hmm. really, really fancy ones are like oh yeah, 10 Absolutely. grand for a lens. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I'm just like a fan of rock what you got, so yeah. I do that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> What's, uh, what like, uh, are you like a Nikon, Canon, Sony? For birds, it's I have a Nikon D750 cool, now that cool. I use for that, but um, and it's 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 a full frame, but I actually shoot it in a cropped mode so okay. that I can get closer to the birds. Yeah, yes. yeah, makes sense. Um, and then master shutter too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So and and I mean everybody's got their, I guess, favorite way. You know, um, I do typically shoot in manual just because I like to have control. (laughs) I don't want the camera deciding anything for me. Usually it makes me mad when I go back and like, what is that? (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, and then I want to get a teleconverter to get even closer, but Mm. yeah. Yeah. I've always been, there was a a time when I was really into cameras and now in, in retrospect, I realized that I was much more into the cameras themselves than I was the photography. Like I liked the photography, (laughs) but I was, I really liked cameras. Well, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. And, um, and that was like a season of a couple of years where I like acquired a lot of different cameras and I was constantly like selling and upgrading and whatever. And, um, the, but I've since like, I still have a camera that I use occasionally, but I've since kind of like, uh, stepped out of that but the thing that i miss absolutely the most uh besides the actual like physical shutter click is the fact that i always want to take pictures i feel like i always want to take pictures of some object in nature like a tree or the moon or something like that mm-hmm. and then i take out my phone and it is <laughs> you cannot so. understate how bad a yeah, phone really camera is, is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. like when i'm taking a picture of a person that's like two feet away that's fine yeah. but like it's just like so <laughs> impossible to take a picture like i remember i was trying to take a picture of a tree recently that was like kind of in the distance and i took out my phone and <laughs> i wasn't you know and i'm like zooming in on it like you know makes it grainy. yeah and yep. then like from far away, it was just terrible and i was like wow this is it's just yeah you're like so caption is you had to be there <laughs> really yeah <laughs> If you're used to like shooting a DSLR or if you're, you know, I, I, or any kind of even really good point and shoot camera <laughs> that yeah, you have a little more right. control over, then you try to go to your phone. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes it's a fun challenge to try to get the shot. But most times I'm just like, oh, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, particularly for what you're doing, like just being able to yeah. be at a particular vantage point and be capturing these gorgeous, like close ups of animals. I mean, it's just impossible to do it with a phone. Yeah, no, you can't. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, can you imagine yeah. trying to take a picture of like a bird with yeah. your phone? <laughs> Believe me, no. I've, I've tried. No, I've tried <laughs> <Yeah>. too. <laughs> and I'm a videographer. Um, so. So I know um, at Forefront 22, we were talking and you mentioned that you do the vast majority of your work in camera, that you're, you know, not doing a ton of post-processing that primarily you're trying to capture the the final product in camera. So are you doing um, a lot of like reframing though in, in post, you know, based on the shots that you take, or are you doing like, you know, a lot of filtering or color correction, or is it pretty much like the way you frame it in, in camera is the way you want it to be? It really depends. So <laughs> birds, a lot of times I have to crop in yeah. because I only have a 100 to 400. So sure. um, I have to, you know, I use the crop mode in my camera and then some, you know, sometimes I'll crop in. It depends on if I want to give an idea of the place or not yes. or what the place looks like because <laughs> yeah. you're you're at their their whim right yeah fly or, over there over the <laughs> exactly. by the sun <laughs> so for those it's almost like documentary photography you know i want yeah. it to look like the bird so i'm not going to do much toning or anything like that yeah um for my more ethereal like pictures of weeds or <laughs> flowers or whatever it is that strikes my curiosity. Yeah. Um, for those, I will do some toning. I do almost everything in Lightroom. Um, sure. And when I decide to paint something, it's because I maybe see something there and I can't quite get it out just with, you know, I just want to go a little bit more dreamy with it or something. I haven't done mm -hmm. that in a while, though. I've been really enjoying the challenge of getting things in. Yeah right in the camera with like the artsy lenses and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I feel like that's a really good, really good discipline to be in. Yeah. It's fun. So we, we were actually um, recording a bit about this recently. Do you consider your photography to be a business or a hobby or both some combination yeah. <laughs> thereof? Uh, how, how do you kind of think about your art form in that way? I think it's, it's definitely both. Yeah. Um, it's probably more hobby and art than yeah. <laughs> um, business. Cause, it's not a full-time job. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah. No one's paying the bills So yeah. for, with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm basically just using it to buy more stuff to print the photos that I, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Because the birds never buy their portraits, no, which makes yeah. it very oh, difficult. Exactly. <laughs> and it's such a saturated market, too. Sure. And it's not like I do things that are like um, popular types of Sure. You know, the art that is popular right now and trending right. on Etsy or whatever. So, well, Which also <laughs> seems to change like every yeah. like, six yeah. months. It does. You can't, you can't chase that. Yeah, yeah. no. The, no. Yeah. The, even looking back through, uh, you know, like just flipping through images that I've saved or whatever. Like I, I used to have a Pinterest and stuff yeah. that I curated stuff on. And like looking back, like even the past 10 years, the amount of like, like, trends in visual art have been so fast moving and i think that's yeah. just like the world we live in now but it's just interesting yeah. it, it i think it underlines even more like something that's always been true which is like stay true to the art that you want to make yeah. rather than catering you know and, and i think that that was always true but especially now because mm -hmm. if you try to like chase the the vogue or whatever by the time you get 
good at whatever that is, it's something else now. You know, so you're wasting time. And I think if you're consuming art, that's probably going to creep into what you're doing a little bit Mm -hmm. anyways. And But, I mean, if you want to do it to make money, you can do whatever's trending. But, you know, if you want to do it to make art, then for yourself or for just for the joy of it, which I think that's mostly what I do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's another side of the coin, right? That on the one hand, it's like commoditized in that, you know, somebody across the world can do nature photography and you can do nature photography. But there's that other side of the coin where it's also, I feel like something with broad appeal in that, you know, it's it's not like a, a highly specific, you know, style or subject matter that only a small group of people will enjoy. But rather it's like, Anybody who's in tune with their environment is going to say like these photos are are fascinating to like get a better glimpse at at nature at wildlife at these creatures like I mean I feel like anybody could you know look through your your photography collection and find something that interests them um, which so that's that's kind of a neat benefit to it even if yeah. it's not like marketable in a sense yeah, yeah it's, it, it's true I mean I th- and that's that's why I love it so much is just being able to c- look back at it myself because I'm yeah. amazed by the details in nature and yes that fascinates me so photography has this sort of aura around it as a medium where it's always had to defend itself against other types of art uh like you know the more constructive you know visual art forms where you're taking you know parts and whatever as a photographer you are capturing the beauty of something that already exists to make a photograph um but an image now exists that didn't exist before like there's a, a especially if uh um i think of it particularly in a tangible thing like a print right that's something that exists um do you feel that photography is as much an art form as painting or sculpture or anything else or do you think photography kind of lives in its own category yeah it's they've been arguing about that since sure photography came out but we're gonna settle it today <laughs> that's right that's right probably not um <laughs> Because I think it really depends, my daughter and I were talking about this, I think it really depends on the intention. Because I I do think the uniqueness of every person, so their own creativity will probably come through anything that they do, because we could sit and look at the same thing together, and you're going to take a totally different photo than I am, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, unless, you know, you're copying Ansel Adams or something. Yeah. But... Um, I think that it really is the intention, like, do I want to make art? Do I want to make something that is creative and what I, like, the way I see it? Or am I just documenting that I saw something? Um, Because, like, my my mom, my whole family loves photography. (laughs) Um, I came to it late, actually. But my mom, she's more like that. She's like, I just want to take a picture of what it looked like, right? You know what I mean? Like she just wants yeah. to document and um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want to, she has no desire to make art out of it yeah. <laughs> except to put it in a scrapbook. She loves scrapbooking. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> so The art comes later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. It's a tool for her. Um, but yeah, so I guess I think that's, I, I do think there is always a creative imprint. Um, but I think that 
depends whether it's art or not. But I think if yeah. photography is mm-hmm. definitely can be an art. I mean, you looked at yeah. Brooke Shadens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that yeah. is art, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I I always um have kind of bristled at that separation myself because the fact that like if you really look at um painting or sculpture or uh, you know really tons of different types of writing you know things like that um so much of like even the what we put on a pedestal as like the greatest works of art ever were the artist using tools to capture something that they had seen or experienced so that other people could see it right um Mm -hmm. like the like yes it is absolutely um incredible when you look at the landscape painters of the hudson river school absolutely their the talent is incredible right but the the painters that capture the hudson river valley at sunset or whatever right um they when you boil it down they're using a tool and a skill in order to replicate an image that god created exactly and i think that the idea that like Oh, because photography is, I'm making huge air quotes, easy, you know, like (laughs) compared to painting or something like that, you know, it's like not a real art. Like I, I, I just think that's very like just oversimplifying what both photography and painting or sculpture is, you know? And I also think that the, um, the more like creative aspects of like what we now do with Actually, let me put it this way: What a lot of times the more creative, like surreal parts of photography, we we tend to associate with like, okay, we took this medium that existed of photography, and then we had to make it interesting, so we added these new things to it, right? But I remember learning in in uh, art history class in college, right, that like some of the first, like dawn of photography, like some of the first people to use cameras did so in like a purely artistic way, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and part of that was due to the um, the uh, limitations of the early camera, you know, made it more um, metaphorical or, you know, like, and whatever. But either way, it's just that, like, the, the idea of using metaphor and, and, and surrealism and whatever in photographs isn't new either. No. You know, it's just interesting. Well, and isn't it creative? And that is the idea of creative, is taking the tools and the limitations of the tools and making them your own and making something beautiful out of even the limited. Yeah. Right. So like those, those initial photographers, they took and made beautiful things with long exposure and things like that. Um, and made it very painterly, which makes it art, makes it creative because you know, they took those same tools, but yeah, I mean, and I think any of the artists, they have to be proficient in their tools and, it's, it is funny, though, that you say that, like, because so many people will come up to me, especially when you've got the long lens on. Oh, that's a nice camera. Must take really good pictures. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think if you took it and tried to take a picture, maybe yeah. you'd see. <laughs> it's it's yeah. very challenging because I didn't realize yeah. when I first started doing it and I had a bunch of blobby photographs that looked yeah. horrible. Um, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't just do the work for you. You have to know the tools just like you have to know. Right your your paint tools or your sculpture tools yeah yeah and, and i mean it's the same thing we talked about right like these photographers from like the 30s and 40s like some of these first uh fine art photographers too 
compared to what we're working with today, you know, that they were still yeah. be able to create beauty with very rudimentary cameras compared to what we have today. And uh, so it goes both ways too. I think like you can't buy your way to being an excellent photographer, oh, uh, yeah. but you can also be an excellent photographer with a very simple camera, Absolutely. which is very cool. Yeah. yeah, it's such a craft. It, it is fascinating when they give like horrible cameras to really good photographers and you see what they come up with. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, yeah. pretty oh sweet. my goodness. Like if you've ever looked at the difference between a poor photographer and a good photographer, like regardless of equipment, then you know it is an art form. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. There is yeah. skill and craft in, involved. Definitely. <laughs> it's very easy to do it wrong. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Super cool. So the the world of photography it's changed so much from the beginning i mean as far as art mediums right photography is is newer younger but things have changed so much um and i would say even in the past like 7 or 8 years since the smartphone things have yeah. changed maybe even more like like the change that occurred in the digital revolution like the i mean Sorry, Kodak, but like the the change that happened in the medium there, I would say maybe is even less than the change that the smartphone has brought, you know. And so I guess what I what I'm curious about is things like the phone camera and Instagram and stuff like that. Has that affected at all your relationship with photography or how you approach it or um, or not really? For me, I don't think it has really affected me because I came to it kind of late. So I came to it kind of in the middle of the digital, mm -hmm. well, even more so than the digital revolution than, you know, I mean, even phones, mm -hmm. although they were kind of bad cameras when I started. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really bad cameras. The two megapixel camera. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think, I, I guess like um, what I would think the phone has done and Instagram is created and, and really like a, a workshop I'm doing right now. Um, Laura Valentini, she's teaching it. And she mentioned, cause she's done film like for her whole life. And the difference between like usual, you know, typically you would create series, but now it's like, you need to get the one photograph for Instagram, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> so, or to share or whatever, yeah. you know, um, with your friends or, so instead of focusing on a body of work, we focus on one single photograph at a time. And I, I get, I definitely do that. And so I'm trying to like learn how to focus more on a series. And, um, I think I naturally probably do some, but yeah, so I can see where that's probably affected yeah. a lot, but I don't know hmm. how much of an effect it really had on me. Cause yeah. I came late, <laughs> mm -hmm. all my family was doing it, but mm -hmm. I hated film. So <laughs> It was not, I'm like, I needed the immediate gratification of the digital. And I really loved like Polaroid when I was a kid. So yeah. it makes sense. But. It's such a shame that um, film photography has become like prohibitively costly. Like, like you, you really like, yeah. if you want to get into doing like film photography, it's, it's an expensive hobby yeah. because you got to like. You know, buying film is expensive. Figure, I mean, it wasn't even that long ago that I remember I would get my film developed at Target. You know, for like ten dollars maybe, yeah. which is like accessible. You know, but now, like you know, where 
I, at least where I live, like I, the most cost effective way to develop film, if you're not going to do it yourself is actually, um, mailing it out to these, these companies that are in like Brooklyn or whatever, where they will like develop your film and mail it back to you for like $10 or, or yeah. whatever, which, which is so inefficient. You I remember know, doing but, that for like $3. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Just interesting. Crazy. Cause I do love, like I, uh, I love the quality of, like I guess like seventies era, you know, like very warm, uh, thirty five millimeter film look. It's just like beautiful. But it is beautiful. Yeah, like I've wanted to play with that myself, but it's just kind of uh, hard to get into that. Yeah, kind of have a, have to. I mean, even if you have your dark room, that's going to be expensive. Definitely, but yeah. So one of the things that we'd like to do on interviews is have uh, friends of the guests, that would be you, uh, send us some questions in advance. So uh, I'd actually love to send you an audience question from Andrea Burke. Okay. She asks, what artists or art movements from history have influenced you the most and why? Let's see. From history. Well, obviously Ansel Adams. I mean, I think any nature photographer is going to say it's like, seems cliche almost, but so beautiful. I just, I love his work. It's gorgeous. Um, Cause he would capture things. I think it's the same. Like his vision was just so strong. Yeah. Like you could be standing there and you're not ever going to get the same thing that he was. <laughs> now people mm-hmm. would, mm-hmm. but now people go and copy it. But, um, and then I think actually, I want to say I've actually probably been influenced more by art, more by like paintings and things. Yeah. And yeah. Maybe that's why I like a painterly look, um, mm-hmm. to my photographs. Um, so like George O'Keefe, I love George O'Keefe. Um, sure. Like oh, Monet, of course. You know, all the greats. I love. Oh, there is I just that, love there looking is at like art. There is a Monet-esque quality to some of your pictures. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking of it, like the, um, almost like the soft, um, like grasses. Impressionistic. Impressionistic yeah. grasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And flowers. Very interesting. Yeah, I do. I, I mm-hmm. definitely see the influence. Yeah. Of, of loving artists like that and then like i just did the van gogh exhibit sure. oh, that, goodness. Yeah. yeah and i would have never said that anything that i do is like van gogh but i've always liked van gogh a lot you know yeah. but doing that experiencing it um because i do like digital stuff and i love that it was, was set to music so i love music too so mm. that was super inspiring and just like wow wow I can't believe how much like I now I can see almost a connection because he's a little bit I wouldn't say he's an impressionist I don't know is he an impressionist I don't know yeah Van Gogh's an impressionist right yeah just more the that later was my impression <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know maybe it's his color usage or something like yeah. that but I yeah, I know maybe Van he Go- is. I yeah. know Van Gogh and um, Matisse's use of like super oh, Matisse, bright color yeah. led to the abstracts but. Um, yeah, so yeah. he's a he's a post impressionist. Okay, that's what I thought. He's so, later in the yeah. game because his colors, yeah, and things like that were different. But yeah, thanks Google. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I guess oh, I would say he's, that he's considered one of the major bridges between impressionism and modernism. Oh, that, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we are on Forefront three hundred and sixty, and Forefront's about the intersection of the arts and the Christian faith. So uh, we we definitely have to ask some questions about the intersection of faith and photography here. So if and, Jesus uh, had a camera, I'm just <laughs> which uh, he would have he would have been the best photographer, That's I right. have no doubt. But um, 
you know, we all have these different ways that our faith and our creativity intersect. And so we have a couple of related audience questions that came in about how your faith influences or informs uh, the work that you do in photography, or perhaps how your photography might grow your love for God. So uh, Debbie Maloney asks, what are some of the attributes or characteristics of God of which creation proclaims that you try to capture in your work? And I'll also ask this other question coming from Elizabeth Helm, who asks, can you describe a time your photography helped you connect to God or help others see creation in a new way? So similar questions here. How do you try to capture uh, attributes or characteristics of God in your work? And uh, is there a time that your photography helped connect you to God or maybe helped others to see creation in a new way? Okay. Um, Well, I think... I don't do a lot of like conceptual where I'm going out and looking in particular for um, an attribute, but I just think it naturally happens because it's God's fingerprint in creation. So you see um, almost a story of, you know, rebirth and redemption in the sense you see um, Mm. these like amazing details that that's usually what I'm like loving to see is like, um, uh, just details in, in like the feathers of a bird. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that just speaks of a creator, you know, an artist. Yeah. Um, so I think you see also, I mean, I think all of us kind of experience what we think of like, um, you know, general revelation, like Romans 1, Psalm 19. Mm-hmm. We see it's a way that he shows himself, reveals himself to us. So yeah, so I think it just normally it just naturally comes out, and you feel peace when you look at it, and joy, and hope, and and you see um, his power at times. That was kind of part of my salvation experience. One of the key things that happened to me is I was hiking during in this beautiful gorge. I just looked up and thought, "How can this just happen? Like mm. this, there has to be an artist. There has to be a creator." Yes. Like this doesn't just happen and make this so it's so beautiful, yes. you know? So I think that, um, yeah, I think it helps me to connect with God all the time. Like every, yeah. every time, because I think we get so busy in life. We forget to see when we're kids, it's natural that we just wonder at everything, you know, like your yeah. three year old, your two year old will be out there and like, Oh, look, a caterpillar, you know? <laughs> and and yeah. so we, we kind of forget how to see these normal things that we've been seeing for our whole lives, but to really like take them in. And when, when I photograph them, then I get to really like study them and look at them closely. And you learn more about um, nature, more about how he's, he's, got his hand in it all and um and I think it almost makes you feel like you know there can be so much going on but like this has always been the same like there may have been small changes in it but Jesus is the same today yesterday and forever so nature kind of is a testament to that I feel like you know so when I'm out it's very therapeutic for me because I have chronic health issues and just getting out in the air hearing nature you know um being able to immerse yourself in it is just very healing I think yes I was just listening to uh, Andy Crouch and he um, he wrote originally about culture making and most recently he's been writing about um, technology and power and faith and how all these different things intersect and um, he has a lot of work on just 
mediating our use of technology in such a way that we can be fully human and experience the kind of um, body, mind, soul complex that we're supposed to be and not just getting lost in our, in our, in our technological pursuits, but um, kind of connecting to our humanity. And, and one of the things you mentioned is like just the simple act of going outside as, as the first thing you do in the day <laughs> rather than going to your phone the first thing in the day. It's such a simple thing. And, and so hard to actually build that habit. But by doing that, he said, like, he felt so much better just stepping outside, whether it yeah. was five seconds or five minutes or longer. But just to to breathe the fresh air, to see creation. If he's in a city, he's seeing, you know, man-made things, but he's seeing people. If he's in, you know, the country, he's seeing the beauty of nature uh, in front of him. And that alone is like so centering for us as humans. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, it just seems like that is what you're experiencing. Like every time you go out and take photos. Yeah, definitely. Yep. And I think you can find it anywhere. I mean, yeah. like, like you said, like he said in the city, I mean, there's always, there's almost always like at least a little piece of nature somewhere. You've got a yes. little windowsill garden or you've got, you know, whatever aside from sure. people too. But yeah. Just and there's usually birds in every part of the city and absolutely yeah so yeah I was watching um, a show recently I think it was like the night show on Apple TV about you know they they were filming animals you know in the dark and one of it was like peregrine falcons in like Chicago or something oh, cool. and it's just like yeah. there are these literally falcons like diving through these you know clusters yeah. of skyscrapers and it's just fascinating that like these incredible marvels of nature are there to be found even in big cities. Yeah. There yeah. are, um, there are multiple species of animals now that have, uh, and insects as well that have, uh, you know, micro evolved to live only in human <laughs> urban spaces. I believe like, it. There's it's a, amazing. there's yeah. specifically a, um, there's a particular breed of ant insect that only lives in a 14 block radius in New York city. Wow. And it like is a, like an offshoot of like, you know, the common ant, but like it lives, it is like attuned for a very specific, uh, temperature and humidity level and all that stuff wow. that, that is in this small space. It's just amazing. Yeah. So I'm thinking back to, you know, like when, when you got started in nature photography and, and as, as you think about somebody today who wanted to get started in this, uh, what's something maybe that, that you wish you'd known when you got started or, or what advice might you give to somebody who is just getting started today? Um, how, how might they do that? Um, well, I think maybe I would probably tell somebody to just start with like, something that gives them a lot of flexibility because I think it takes a little while to really, um, you might know right away. Um, but like it took me a little bit to figure out because everybody loves, like when I first started coming to it, it was landscape was the thing, sure. right? Everybody's taking these awe inspiring photographs of these places that are, you know, majestic and, and me, I'm over here taking pictures of, you know, 
weeds and like, <laughs> you know, so I think their own sort of majesty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've had people say, why, why do you always want to get so close up to things? So it, I think every person has a way that they see the world when they take photos. Like, um, I, I just think it's, it's just different for every person. So if you buy the equipment to do landscape photography or some other aspect of nature, you want to do macro, you think, but then you actually, sure. yeah. So I would say give yourself some time to really see how you see and then like take in other people's photography to see what it is that you like. Although for some people that's not good. Like they don't, then they feel more imposter syndrome and you I know, can whatever. never do but that. <laughs> yeah. It's everybody's different. Yeah. Um, for me, I started like on Flickr and I would just look at everybody's. I just consumed so many images, <laughs> just like, oh, what yeah. do I like about this? Why do I like this? And to try and find my own voice. But, um, and then it's, I think like practicing all the time, learn, 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 practice, practice, practice. And learn the light to see the yes. light. Mm -hmm. Light is like critical. Yeah. But it takes, it takes a while to learn to see it practice. And, you know. Are you often trying to go out like early morning or late evening to like no. get, get like. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the golden person. Like I'm like the person more like, okay, this is when I can squeeze it in. So I've got to work the light that mm -hmm. I've got. And sure. you, and I'm a firm believer. Well, like I said earlier, like even with your, with the equipment, whatever equipment you can afford and whatever light you can, you rock what you got, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you just use whatever, whatever you have. Yeah. So, so see the light as it's hitting your subjects um, yeah. where you are at the time where you are and learn to, to work with what you have in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you do it, the more you see the way light falls on things in different places and how you can you know, set up a dramatic background if you want to with yeah. super harsh light, you can, you know, you can really, you can really do a lot, but obviously the golden hour, either, not either, that's always the most beautiful light. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Heather, this has been awesome. If any listeners have further questions for you or want to learn more about your work or maybe want to purchase some of your work, uh, where might they go to do that? Well, I have an Etsy shop, but I, I would say, um, my Instagram, Heather Feather Photo, um, yeah. that would probably be the best place because it has a link to my Etsy there, and it's and I haven't updated my Etsy, so <laughs> it would be the most like you know you could see everything. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> Instagram, Heather Feather Photo. Yep. So uh, I, I I teased at the front of the episode we were going to have some some breaking news at the end here, so we've we've hit that point. So the, the news is that actually Heather is going to be joining the Forefront 360 podcasting team to host some interview episodes coming up here. So yeah. <laughs> the studio audience loves it. Yes. The live, the live studio audience is, is a fan of this breaking news. Um, so, so Heather's going to be reaching out to some photographers, uh, perhaps uh, designers, to have some conversations with them from that perspective. Um, you heard Rich and myself 
Uh, we are not nature photographers. Um, Heather is. And so I'm excited to have her perspective on the podcast and just come from a place of, of that expertise and having just a, a different background to ours. And you, you get to hear us drone on all the time. So I'm excited that you're going get, to get to hear more from Heather and uh, all the folks that she'll be speaking with. And uh, we're going to have some information so that if you think you would love to have a conversation with Heather about um, your photography or your artwork, um, you can actually reach out to us and tell us uh, why you'd like to be on the show. So I'm excited. Yeah, looking forward to it. So if you like this podcast, uh, be sure to subscribe to Forefront 360 on your favorite podcast app and let us know what you thought of this episode over on Instagram at Forefront Fest. Remember to check out Heather's work at Heather Feather Photo. Until next time, keep pursuing authentic faith and excellent art.